Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. You know it's going to be a good day when you can incorporate a Beastie Boys song. Like you just know. Um, those of you who are not fans of the Beastie Boys or don't even know who the Beastie Boys are, that's who was a long time ago, look really, really young. Well, it's Thanksgiving week and I thought uh, today we would talk a little bit about gratitude um, a la the Beastie Boys. It's called gratitude. That's right. Um, it's Thanksgiving week. And so uh, how many of you this week would say, uh, I'm going to eat Thanksgiving dinner? Okay. Might be in the morning. It might be early afternoon. It might be in the evening. It might be on Friday. It might be on Wednesday. But sometime this week, you're going to eat Thanksgiving dinner. Raise your hand. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm going to eat a lot. I'll probably eat it twice, actually. Um, if, like leftovers. Not that I have two Thanksgivings. Not that gluttonous. Um, but leftovers. And, and, and everybody, uh, let's do this. Uh, think of your favorite food at Thanksgiving. Not like your favorite food of all time, you know. Pizza. Why are you eating pizza for Thanksgiving? Weirdo. Um, we'll pray for you. Uh, no, your favorite Thanksgiving food. Somebody, somebody right now is offended, and they're emailing this. You talked about, I love pizza at Thanksgiving. I'm Italian, what do you, anyway, um, think of your favorite food, and on the count of three, everybody all over the auditorium, you just say your favorite food all at once, okay? Okay, you got it in your head, everybody? All right, one, two, three. Nice. Uh, sounds good. If we could get all of that and just have one big spread, uh, and we'll all join in Thanksgiving Together. In fact, I thought about calling today's message. I don't usually announce uh, the title of messages. Uh, it's just not really my style. But I thought about calling today's message, How to Survive Thanksgiving Dinner Without Strangling Your Family. <laughs> Does anybody else, when you get together to celebrate Thanksgiving, if you have multiple people, people outside of the house that you live in come over, and their family members. Is anybody else a little bit nervous about the temptation that you're going to experience to physically harm the person at the table? Am I the only one that needs to experience the grace and, and forgiveness of God at Thanksgiving because I think I'm, I might hurt you if we have to do this again soon? Um, so I thought about how to survive Thanksgiving without strangling your family, but we're not going to do that. Instead, instead today, um, um, we're going we're to talk about gratitude is the new black. I'm not really into fashion. I do okay because of two things. One, I go into it when I'm buying clothes. I go into the store, and if it's on the mannequin, I'll buy it. I figure the people put, dressing the mannequins probably know more than I do, and so if it's on the mannequin, I figure it's good right? So I'll buy it. Number two, I have a wife, Hope, who loves me, who was playing keyboard and singing a few minutes ago. Uh, and if I, if I put something on that doesn't look good, she'll tell me. That, you don't need to wear that. That brown belt does not go with that outfit. You need to wear black. Or, or, or a black belt does not look right with that. You need to wear brown. And so I usually don't show up with the wrong color on because she's looking out for me. And so when I say gratitude is the new black, the only thing I'm really going on is the idea that in the fashion industry that black goes with everything. Like it's, it's good to wear in any situation. Uh, you can show up at a wedding and be in black and you're good. You can go to the beach and have black swimming trunks on and nobody cares. 
You know what I'm saying? You can go to a football game with a black T-shirt on. You're good. You can go to um, you can you could go to a class at school with a black T-shirt on, and you're good because black goes for any situation. And so the reason I'm saying gratitude is the new black, not pink is the new black, or if you're a Netflix fan, orange is the new black. Um, gratitude is the new black because gratitude works in any situation. It's like black. It works. It's good. It's appropriate for any circumstance. But in our culture, it's not a really high value. I mean, just look around. You can, you can tell pretty quickly that, that our our worldview, our culture is not one that you would describe as, as gracious, as full of gratitude, as gratuitous. Not, yeah, I think, is that the right way to use that word? No? I don't think so. Okay. I make up, here's, for all of you who don't really know me that well, I make up words all the time. And so gratuitous makes sense to me because it's like gratitude, gratuitous. All right. Um, yeah, so that's part of my, uh, personality, so you got to love it, or at least you don't have to. Anyway, um, I've been reflecting the last couple of weeks on gratitude, and I've just been thinking about that, how it really is appropriate for any situation that you find yourself in. And, and because it's November and so many people are doing, you know, all the, every day in November they're saying something they're thankful for, or because it's Thanksgiving week, I just wanted to share with you a few observations about the idea of gratitude and about how it really is good for whatever you're facing, whatever circumstance, whether it's a good time or a bad time, whether it's uh, an exciting moment in your life or whether, you know, you, this holiday season for you is going to be difficult maybe for, for whatever reason. Gratitude is really, um, is really appropriate for any time. Well, uh, kind of what we're going to do is I'm just going to read uh, a passage of Scripture from Psalm chapter 69 two verses, and we're going to use that really to just springboard uh, from there. And I'll share, like I said, four thoughts, four observations about gratitude. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Psalm 69. If not, on the back of your program, we've got it printed for you. It'll also be on the screen uh, behind me. Psalm 69, verse 30. The, the writer says this. It says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. So, so I'm going to sing songs of praise, and I'm going to bring him glory. How are you going to bring him glory, writer of Psalm 69? Well, I'm going to bring him glory through thanksgiving with a thankful heart by saying words and uh, singing words of praise and, and admiration. And verse 31, what's, what's the effect of that? What's, what's going to happen as a result? This will please the Lord. And look what he says. He says, this will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. Now, what he's saying there is not, uh, you know, that an ox is giving glory to God. What he's talking about is in the Old Testament, the way they worshiped God is they would bring a sacrifice to the temple. And that ox or that sacrifice, that bull, would be killed and the blood would be poured out. You know, it's a different culture than we live in. If you did that in the middle of Norfolk at the ice skating rink, someone would think you're kind of strange. But in the Old Testament, this was commonplace. It was a different culture. It was a different time. And, and the writer is saying that 
You know, God likes sacrifice, and, and he's asked us to make sacrifice to him. And, and we know, we don't have to wonder if our sacrifice is acceptable. We know, so many people in that time never knew if they had sacrificed enough. So how, how freeing is it? Because I know we look back at the culture and think, gosh, that is so barbaric. But think about the world that these people lived in. They didn't know if they had pleased their God. And so for Israel to say, God has already spoken to us, here's what will please him. We don't have to wonder. It's a, it's a total, total renovation of spirituality, just knowing what you should sacrifice. But then the psalmist takes it a step further and he says, he says look, look, you want to know what pleases God more than a sacrifice? When we give him thanks. When we have, when we have grateful hearts, it means more to him than the sacrifice. It, it means more to him than the best ox or the best bull. And so, like I said, I want to offer four thoughts, four observations that you can write down. There's a place to take notes on the back of your program uh, for you to just reflect on and, and think about as you go through your week. The first one is this. Gratitude always, and I don't oftentimes speak in those overarching generalizations like always and never, but I think this is really true. Always, gratitude always always shows up and speaks up. Gratitude always shows up and speaks up. What I mean by that is, is gratitude always ex is expressed. It's always communicated. Have you ever, have you known someone who would just say, you know, I'm thankful, but I'm not really good at expressing it. Like, I'm thankful. You, you know my heart. Well, no, we don't. <laughs> What do you think we are, cardiologists? We don't know your heart. <laughs> Jesus says in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so if you have a thankful heart, even according to Jesus, if you have a thankful heart, out of the overflow of your thankful heart, the mouth will speak. And it won't all be the same, and it doesn't all have to look the same, but it will be expressed. Gratitude, if it's true gratitude, is always expressed because it always shows up and it always speaks up. Now, you can apply this all the way around in every relationship, whether you're talking about your relationship with God and being thankful to God and thankful to Him, or you're talking about your relationship with other people, uh, friends and family members, because here's the deal. You can't, you can't be grateful to God and not express gratitude to the people who are created in his image. And so gratitude, whether it's to God or whether it's to the person sitting beside of you, will always show up and speak up. Now, I want to give you kind of an illustration. Um, any, you don't have to, you know, anybody ever watch the Oprah Winfrey show? Yeah, okay, come on. Now, some of y'all are like, I'm hiding the fact that you've watched Oprah. Oprah covers the world like the waters cover the sea. She has her own network now. You can watch Oprah 24 hours a day. Go online to Oprah.com. Well, this isn't really an endorsement of Oprah. This, I just want to show you something. I want to show you what gratitude looks like when it shows up and speaks up. She did this thing, you know, she did several times when she had her, her TV show uh, where she would give away stuff. And I want to show you this clip from 2004, 
Okay, TV Guide did this thing, the 25 best clip, best moments in the Oprah Winfrey Show history. In 2004, she set her audience up where she gave away 11 cars, and then she says, I'm going to give away one more card. She passes out all these boxes, and she says, open your box. If you've got a key in your box, you win a car. Now, I want you to watch what happens when people start opening their boxes. Let's go ahead and roll that. Side. One of these boxes is a key. Do not open it yet. If your box has a key, you will be the last person today to get one of those cute little G6s. Okay? Who will it be? Are you ready? Hold on. Are you ready? JR is back in our audio booth. I want, you know, JR, this calls for a drum roll. Cue the drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Gratitude always shows up and speaks up. Man, people lost their... I think I saw one lady speaking in tongues. If you don't know what speaking in tongues is, then just, you know, read about it in the Bible. People are... I, I did... Did you see that one lady's like shouting? Why? Because they're grateful. Because gratitude always shows up and gratitude always speaks up. Now, it might look differently. You might not fall out on the floor and, and, and start crying or, or what, how, how these people responded, but I guarantee if I stood up here and I'm like, everybody gets a car. <laughs> Anybody ever watch the Dane Cook? You, know, you probably should not, okay? <laughs> but when he's talking about humpback well, you get a humpback well and you get a hump. Anyway, <laughs> let's bring it back to gratitude. Um, we might not all express it the same way, but if I started giving people cars in this place, you get a car and you get a car, you would express your gratitude. You would be excited. And if they can get that excited about a car, think about the way people walk into church. Think about the, I'm not, if this is your first time and you don't know, like you, I'm like, dude, I'm new to church. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking about those people who you've been in church a long time. Think about the way you walk in. Think about the disposition of your heart when you come in. If they can get that excited about a car, which in five years is going to be worth nothing, <laughs> and in another five years it's not even going to run, if they can get all excited going crazy about a car, surely a person who has realized the salvation of Jesus Christ, whose sins have been forgiven, whose transgressions are no longer held against them, whose account has been wiped clean, surely 
those people should have an expressive praise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a car. Like, come on. It's a car. In six months, it's going to be full of Wendy's cups and McDonald's bags. And the first three weeks, you're going to be real nervous about stuff getting on the carpet. And then a couple months later, you don't care if ketchup and people with dirty, muddy feet. You don't care. Come on, a car. Lord, if you're grateful, you will demonstrate it. Somehow, in some form, in some fashion, you silent gratitude, gratitude that remains silent is really just a lost opportunity to give God glory. Silent gratitude is a lost opportunity to glorify God, whether it's thanking the person beside of you or whether it's thanking him, because he created the person beside of you. You see what I'm saying? So gratitude always shows up and speaks up. Number two, gratitude puts your blessing on repeat. Gratitude will put your blessing on repeat. Now, I'm going to go old school. Uh, for, for those of you in the, in, the, in the audience that are teenagers, you're not going to understand a word I'm saying right now. I grew up with a piece of technology called the CD player. You don't know what CDs are. You, I, I relate it to you this way. On your iPod or on your iPhone or on your MP3 player, there's a little button you can hit if there's a song that you really like. It's called the repeat button. You could do it on a CD player. That's where I first came across. Because if, if you had a tape player, you couldn't. It was rewind, click. Ah, oh, not back far enough. Ah, oh, I went too far. Anyway, CD player, you could just hit repeat. iPod, you just hit repeat. iPhone, just hit repeat. It'll repeat that song over and over and over till your heart is full of your favorite new song. My kids do this. My, you know what? My kids, I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and I've got a six-month-old, but she doesn't really listen to music, and I don't have musical preferences. Uh, my kids love that song, uh, What the Fox Say. Y'all need to pray for me. I don't want that song on repeat in my house, but I, I, I'm not joking at all. I could, I could pull that song up on, on my iPad, give it to my boys. They would sit in the living room. I could leave the house for hours, come back, they still watching it. Love that song. You see, what the repeat button is to your favorite song, gratitude is to the blessing of God in your life. Let me, let me kind of explain what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people in the world who get blessed. A lot of us are, all of us in the room, because you're here, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. But so many of us, our blessing stops when our blessing stops. You know what I'm saying? Like, it only lasts as long as the immediate effect of that blessing is felt. But, but if we are grateful people and we keep replaying that blessing, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we keep thinking about it and we keep giving God thanks for a blessing that may have happened years ago, but our hearts are still grateful for it, that will put the blessing on repeat. And you can listen to it over and over. It, it works like this. I've said before that, that um, unforgiveness, that bitterness in your heart works the same way. Bitterness, unforgiveness, basically takes an offense from the past and replays it so that you experience the pain of the past in the present. 
And so if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, what you're doing is you're drudging up the event that, that offended you and you're getting bitter about it and you're experiencing the pain about it because you're unforgiveness. Now, the exact opposite is true in the terms of gratitude. When you are grateful for a blessing of God in your life, even if it's in the past, if you will rehearse the blessing... Through gratitude, you'll, you'll bring the joy and the excitement and the, and the favor of God that happened through that blessing into the present. Because gratitude is like hitting the repeat button. Some of you, you're not, you're not tracking with that because you, um, you didn't play with um, CDs and stuff. Larry, can you turn the keyboard on? I don't know if it's on. I'm not a keyboard player. I'm not going to play you a song. But I don't know if you can see this. No, you can't. Here at the, uh, at the base of the keyboard, there's a pedal. It's called the sustain pedal. Now, what will happen while, you know, while you're playing the keyboard is if you hit a note on the keyboard, last as long as I'm hitting the note on the keyboard. You see what I'm saying? Like, and it's gone. The, the, the note only goes for as long as, as long as it goes. But watch this. There's a pedal down here. It's called the sustain pedal. If I push this pedal, see, it makes the note go longer. It makes it sound out longer. But if I let go of the pedal, it's gone. Pedal carries it out makes it longer, stretches it out. That's what gratitude will do in your heart to the blessing of God. Gratitude is like a sustain pedal and it will sustain your joy. So your present circumstances might not be that exciting, but if you have gratitude in your heart, even about a past blessing, you can replay that and your joy is sustained. Rehearsing Rehearsing the gift, rehearsing your salvation, rehearsing the forgiveness of God, something you may have experienced a long time ago, will bring that note of blessing into the present and fill. Watch, watch this. I'm going to do that again. Listen, check this out. Watch how it just dies. It just dies. But, but if I just hold down the sustain, it fills, it starts filling the room. Now, if I start playing, I'm not, I barely know what I'm doing here. Y'all pray for me. If I, if I get real fancy and I play a chord, that's all. But if I get the sustain pedal, doesn't that sound a lot sweeter? That's what gratitude does in your life. It makes the blessings of God sweeter. It makes the joy of the Lord last longer. That's how gratitude functions in our lives. Number three. This is, this is my, probably my favorite one. Grateful people can find a blessing or feed a blessing in almost every situation. Now, I'm going to admit to you, this is not original to me. I did not have this thought. I heard this from a pastor, okay? I don't remember where I read it online or something, but it makes perfect sense. Gratitude is not based on how good my situation is, but on how good my situation seems to me. Gratitude is not based on my present circumstances, but on the perspective that I have of those circumstances, on how good it seems to me. Grateful people, whatever situation they're in, they can find a blessing. And if there's already a blessing, they can feed it. They can make it grow. They can encourage it. 
This is why people living in third world countries, living on less than $10 a day, which is 80% of the world, people in third world countries, this is why they can still be full of gratitude. This is why when they pray, every other word is thank you. Because gratitude isn't based on your present circumstances, it's based on how you see them. Because grateful people can find a blessing or feed a blessing in almost every situation. There's a teenager here at Vertical Church. A couple weeks ago, uh, as part of 12 days of or 12 ways of serving, we did a project at the Her Shelter. Uh, Her Shelter is a, uh, an emergency response shelter for uh, la- ladies and children of domestic violence. We partner with them to do things. We've got several things planned uh, between now and Christmas of ways that we're going to partner there. Um, anyway, she participated in one of those ways. She went and painted banisters or, or, or some stuff like that. Several of you uh, participated in that. She was talking to her mom, and her mom told me this story, and I want to share it with you. She's talking to her mom, and, and she began to think about Thanksgiving. And she began to think about Christmas. And she began to think about, you know, this Thanksgiving, like many of us, you know, it's not going to exactly be the same. Maybe we're going to, to cut back. But when I go to eat my Thanksgiving meal around my table, my family and all the people I love are going to be there. But the people at the her shelter are going to walk in to a common area full of strangers to have Thanksgiving and Christmas. And she started thinking about her situation, thinking, wow, God has really blessed us. Because when I celebrate Christmas, my family and the people that I love are there. When they celebrate Christmas, they're with strangers. And some of you are having the exact same response I had, which was guilt. Listen, I don't want you to feel guilty. Don't feel guilty about that. Because here, I'm going to, as I was listening to that, and I was like, man, God, that is so true. I, I'm I'm a terrible human being. I get so, you know, I overlook the blessings of God in my life. But here's what God, I promise you, God like smacked me upside the head with this. Because he said, he said, um, the situation that you're looking at, thinking I'm glad I'm not in that situation, the people who are in that situation are grateful that they are. You see what I'm saying? Gratitude has nothing to do with your actual circumstances and everything to do with your perspective. I'm looking, thinking, thank God I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving with strangers in a, in a common area. Thank you, God, that I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving around my table with my wife and kids and friends and family. And they're looking at their situation saying, thank God I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving at this shelter. Gratitude has nothing to do with your situation. It has everything to do with the perspective of your heart. Because grateful people can find a blessing or feed a blessing in any situation. And the opposite is true. Exact opposite is true. Ungrateful people can find a burden <laughs> or feed a burden in any situation. In my family, we call these people fun suckers. <laughs> Dude, why you gotta be a fun sucker? No matter how good the moment is, no matter how awesome the experience is, no matter how wonderful the opportunity that has presented itself is, these people have a way of sucking the joy <laughs> or the blessing right out of it. And I'm not, don't feel condemned. I am with you. I have a history of being a fun sucker. <laughs> I'll tell you a story real quick. Hope and I got married uh, back in 2004. 
and we were blessed, and we went to Hawaii on our honeymoon. Some of you, if you're in the, if you're in the Navy or military, you've been to Hawaii, you know it's a beautiful place absolutely gorgeous. Not only that, but we're in Hawaii. I'm there with my new bride. And on one day we rented a convertible to drive around the island. Okay. They film movies here. It's, it's perpetually like 82 degrees and it doesn't really rain. It just kind of mists on you and you don't even have to close the roof. We're driving around Hawaii in a convertible and my hot new wife is beside of me. And I was having difficulty with the map because certain roads were on government access only roads. And I got mad. We are, we are like five, six days into, this, into our new marriage and we got in a fight. And you want to know why? Because I was a fun sucker. I'm in Hawaii, top down convertible, Hawaii air flowing through my head, like through my hair. My wife's sitting there, things are great, things are awesome, and I get a little bit of frustration because I can't get the map to work out, and we're trying to get to the other side of, of, of the island. I get so mad. Like, she's, trying, she's filming the landscape and looking at me, and she's just enjoying the time. And I'm like, turn that camera off. <laughs> what was going on? I was sucking the fun out of it. I sucked the fun right out of that day. Because ungrateful people can find a burden in any situation. You be driving top down in Hawaii and you can find something to complain about. Some people take whatever's given to them and they spin it into gold. It's like, man, whatever happens, they just turn it into, into positivity. But then there are other people, like you, you talk to them and, and they say, hey, I got a raise. And you're like, man, congratulations, that's awesome. And they say, no, now I got to pay more taxes. Oh, fun sucker. You can't be happy about anything. Complaining about the weather in the summertime, it's too hot. In the wintertime, it's too cold. What you want, 72 degrees all year long? And even if it was 72 degrees all year long, you complained that you want, you, want, you want seasons. I want fluctuation in seasons and change. You're happy about anything. See, some of us are so focused. Listen, some of us are so focused on the difficulty of the mountain that we are climbing that we forget to even be grateful for simply having a mountain to climb. You know what I mean? We're so focused on the difficulty of the mountain that we forget God, it's a blessing just to have a mountain. Number four. Number four. Scroll up through here. Gratitude prepares your heart to receive from God. Gratitude will prepare your heart to receive from God. Every morning, I take my seven-year-old Lex to school. Monday through Friday, we hop in the van, and I take him, and we walk into school. We only got about five minutes, but that's our time. That's our time. We don't get a lot of time. He's in school most of the day now. He's either in school or sleeping most of the day. We've got about four hours when he gets home before uh, he, he goes to bed, and he's got to do homework and get a bath and eat dinner. So we've got five, ten minutes every morning. And what we do in that five or ten minutes is, is, is we'll pray, but, but what we also do is we rehearse Scripture. Um, we, we memorize scripture and we'll use scripture to pray over each other in the morning. 
um, last year, uh, we memorized uh, the Lord's Prayer. Um, and that was our prayer every morning. And so he, it took him a little while, but then he got the hang of it. And he, he pretty much knew all of the Lord's Prayer. I might give him a cue or a key word or something, the first word in the sentence, and he would take off. And it was cool. This year, we're doing Psalm 23. And he's, he's growing. He's a lot smarter now because he's already got the thing done. Like, I give him the first word, and he finishes the line. And it's awesome. And what we'll do is... Is, is as we're learning it, we'll go through the first, we'll go through a line and then we'll stop and I'll say, what does that mean? You know, what do we know? What do we learn about God? What do we learn about Jesus? What's that telling us? And so Psalm 23, many of you may know it. I had to memorize it in school, oddly enough. Um, goes, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he, he refreshes my soul. And I say, what, Lex, what does that mean? What does it mean that he guides us on, along the right path, which is the next line? He guides me along the right path. For, what does that mean? It means, I don't know. Well, it means he leads us, that God is faithful, and he, he'll guide us, and he'll direct us, and he'll show us which way to go and what to do. God's so great that way. Verse 4 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, which is the like, NIV interpretation uh, or translation, you know, King James people, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. Anyway, um, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And we're talking about what that means, and we're going through that line upon line, taking you know, a couple weeks just to get through it. We get to verse 6. The surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And we've been talking, and I don't know if you realize this, but the first five verses are all about God. It's all a praise to God because God is a shepherd. God is, is a guide. God leads us to, to uh, good, good water. He quenches our thirst. You know, those signs of things. It's all about even the valley of the shadow of death part. That's about God because the point there is that he's with me. That he's there. He hasn't abandoned me. Even though the situation looks dark and grim, God is there. And so it's all about God until we get to verse 6. And the psalmist says, surely goodness and mercy. I said, Lex, what is, it? What is, what is God's goodness? I don't know. I said, it's, it's God's love towards us. It's his grace towards us. It's, it's God's love that we did not earn and we do not deserve. I said, Lex, what is mercy? And he says, I don't know. I said, mercy is, is God's decision to not hold against us the things that we do deserve. It's God's decision to have compassion on us so that, so I know you're like, that's really deep for a seven-year-old. It's, it's God's decision that the wrath that we do deserve, that he doesn't, he doesn't give us what we have earned or we have deserved. He gives us what we don't deserve. That's his goodness and his Mercy, that's his grace and his mercy. I said, Lex, what does it say that those two things are doing? God's love and God's compassion. He says, it says they're following us. I said, what does that look like? He says, is that, is that like when I'm running and Cole's chasing behind me? I said, yeah, it's like that. And so sure enough, we're like walking into school and he goes, ah, God's getting me. <laughs> but that's how life is. That's what the psalmist says. He's, he, he sets the stage up for us to say, basically, as we acknowledge these things about God and we declare these things, we, we express our gratitude, we'll find ourselves running through the day like, oh, God, stop blessing me. Oh, I can't get away. 
from God's goodness and God's mercy when you have a grateful heart. You say, can I live in that? Can I live there? Can I live in a, in, in, in a place where, where God's goodness and his, his, his mercy is literally chasing me down? Yeah, you can. And the way to live in that place is to be grateful. To have a grateful heart. You know, I might not have all that I want. I might not even have all that I think I need. But I can still have a grateful heart. Because gratitude is not dependent upon my circumstances. Even if everything that I see in my life is all out of whack, I can close my eyes and thank him for what I can't even see. Because gratitude will prepare your heart to receive from him. It's not based upon your circumstances. You can, through gratitude, you can remember the things of the past and experience the joy in the present. And gratitude will always show up and speak up. You know, you might be sitting there today thinking, I don't really have that much to be grateful for. I've been thinking that my situation needed to improve before I could re be really grateful. And as a matter of fact, Pastor Josh, it'd be, it'd be easier to be grateful if my situation would change. And you know what? That might be true. It might be true that it would be easier to be grateful if things changed, if your situation improved. But here's the, here's the thing that I want you to hear, me, hear, hear from me today. It doesn't have to. Your situation doesn't have to change for your gratitude to increase. Matter of fact, that might be the very thing that you need to do for your, for your situation to change. Psalm chapter 22, uh, verse 3 says that, says that God, God is enthroned on the praises of Israel. What that means is that God rests, God resides, God fills, God sits on the words of praise from his people. You want your situation to improve? You want your circumstances to change? Maybe have a grateful heart and express your gratitude to God. Scripture says that he will sit in your thanks, in your praise. They're saying, Pastor Josh, I need God to show up now. Okay. Your situation doesn't have to turn around for you to worship him. Situations and circumstances don't have to change to say thank you. Matter of fact, I, I think there's somebody in, in the auditorium this morning, I think your situation, I think your circumstances have stolen your gratitude. You've, you've, you've forfeited your gratitude because of the stuff around you. And I think what God would say to you this morning is quit mourning your past. Quit mourning over what you've lost. Focus instead on what remains. What you have left. God wants to show up in our lives. And the only way that we can really guarantee that we praise him. It's like, he's a, it's like praise is attractive. 
to God. It prepares your heart, puts you into position. It aligns our will with his because we recognize that he is good and he's full of mercy and he wants to chase you down. Let me pray for you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.